You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, it's Andy. Welcome back to the show. I have a guest here with me in the studio today. I am so thrilled to introduce you to another California lady. It's been really wonderful being able to have some of these magical women in this community join me here in my studio. Today's guest is Holly Laurel. You're going to get to learn all about her shortly. And before we get there, I am so grateful to each of you who have been sharing your stories with me via text. Come on, what are you waiting for? Join our text community. The number is one 405 I'll say it one more time. one 405 If you text me the code 22, like the year, 2022, the year in which we are presently living in, text me that code and we've got a little special for you, something special just for our text community. Also, when you text me, let me know what you're up to for the spring season and the summer ahead. We have some travels coming up within our community. I am so thrilled to be able to travel with you all again. We have a New Orleans retreat right around the corner, end of May. It's my sole home, as so many of you know. I lived for over a decade in New Orleans. My family is back in New Orleans. So I'm so thrilled to be able to share that special city with the people in this community. And we have a retreat planned for Bali 2023. Holly, who's joining me today, she lived in Bali. She knows the magic of Bali. If you don't yet know about the magic of that special, special island, go take a look at our website. I'll actually drop the details in the show notes. That retreat is going to sell out super fast because Bali truly just reopened recently for tourists. It was closed for tourists for all of 2020. Well, you know, most of 2020 and 2021. So it's open now and I get to take you all there in 2023. And I can't wait. Okay, so let's get to it. My dear friend, Holly, let me tell you a little bit more about her. She was actually born in New York, but she's not your typical New Yorker. She was exposed to all things alternative wellness from birth. She grew up with parents who brought her to full moon circles, my kind of people, and her grandmother's crystal shop on the weekends. She always felt very at home in the spiritual world. But as a young adult, like many of us do, she resisted that side of herself and found herself working in the corporate creative world of advertising. Along the way, she found that she could no longer ignore her calling, and she went and completed her Reiki training and then moved across the world to one of my favorite places on the planet, the spiritual and magical vortex of Bali, where she began working as a healer and a teacher full-time. In her readings, she draws on the modality of traditional energy work combined with intuitive mediumship to help review and clear blocks and traumas, channel messages, and ultimately facilitate a greater self-awareness 
in the people that she works with. With her grounded and compassionate presence, which I can very much attest to, Holly creates a safe and sacred space that fosters insight and empowers her clients to discover the healing wisdom and agency that she believes resides within each and every one of us. Welcome to the show, Holly Laurel. Hi, Holly. Welcome to the show. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. You're here at my house. We're recording in person, which we're just starting to do that. And it's so great to be able to be together in person. Oh my God, it's amazing. I'm so I'm so happy to just see you, meet you, be with you yeah. here, connect. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, same. I feel the same. I feel like obviously you and I had a reading together Gosh, it's been like months now. Yeah. So I felt this great connection with you then and that yeah. experience. And we've talked before. We actually intended to do this podcast as a remote recording previously, ended up scrapping that plan. <laughs> now we're here. So I feel like I've had this connection growing with you and yeah. now we get to be together in person. Yeah, it feels very special and kismet. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. It sure does. Okay, so we're going to start with our astrology basics, our big three. So tell me your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. Aquarius sun. Oh yeah. I remember this from our previous conversation. You've got like a really cool chart. Yeah. So Aquarius Aquarius sun. sun, Capricorn, or no, Capricorn rising, Mm -hmm. Pisces moon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ooh, just coming out of the end of the astrological year with all that Piscean energy. How Mm -hmm. was that for you? It was interesting. <laughs> Were you feeling it? I was definite. I think that I was feeling it, but I, but it was more like um, I wasn't as conscious about kind of mm. what was happening. It was. It felt like kind of undercurrents of emotions and kind of. Yeah. I think some of the bigger things that I've been working on healing, actually, the past couple of years we're kind of bubbling under the surface. And so mm. now that we've shifted out of Pisces season, I'm actually feeling a big shift personally and mm-hmm. kind of like a new momentum. It's always so interesting to me how yeah. much the stars affect us. It's, in it's so way. true. It's so true. Yeah. And then you and I have that Capricorn rising in common. So mm. I know what that must be like for you. It means you're able to be the CEO of your life. and But yet you have this Aquarian energy in your sun sign. So you've got this like, this kind of rebellious future thinking, extreme visionary energy too, and can get shit done because of that cap rising. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a fun combo. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's a cool combo. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I want to start with a bit of your background. Mm -hmm. We've obviously been chatting and I know some of the things that you're up to. I love the things that you're up to. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what you've, what, what you've come from in Mm -hmm. terms of what your background is. I definitely want to chat about your life growing up and then where that took you. So give us, give us the details. The scoop. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm from New York, born Mm -hmm. and raised, and I grew up in an interesting household. Um, My parents were both corporate consultants and grew up in the suburbs of New York City. Um, But I used to call them undercover hippies. Because, you know, during the day they would be off traveling and working for these like 
massive companies. And then they'd come home and on the weekends or the evenings, they'd take my sister and I to full moon circles Mm -hmm. and drum circles. And my dad was in a men's group. My mom was in a women's group. My grandmother actually had a, a new age crystal shop and she would have tarot readers come and I grew up going to that shop and every time we'd get a new crystal and she was a homeopath and acupuncturist and I actually think she was trained in Reiki as well. Oh, cool. Um, So I grew up very much in this like very spiritual household in the, you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s when that was not mainstream at all. Yeah. Um, And I always loved, like I felt very connected to my spirituality and I, I loved this world, but it felt very much kind of like a, a closet, like, you know, a, a thing you do in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting too, because the narrative that I grew up around was these are the things that we love and that we're connected to, but you can't make a living out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that the story? It's like the story of the starving artist. It's, yep. the, it's the story of the healer. It's the story mm-hmm. of the person who, at least at that time, and it certainly carries over to today, the person who has a connection to intuition and the divine. It's like, if you weren't, in that case, and the connection to the divine, if you weren't working in the church, it's like, you, you know, you're either like a total like, whack job or like you're doing this very much as, or you're like joining some weird cult or you're doing this as very much a personal thing and you're not, there's no jobs around this at all. Totally. Yeah. And I think that my grandmother was, she was able to carve out a space for herself and make a living, but it wasn't, there wasn't necessarily a lot of abundance Mm -hmm. for her. And there, there was this kind of narrative around struggle. Sure. Um, so I ended up being like, okay, this, this, I love all of this stuff so much. I feel so connected to this world, but got to get a corporate job. Right. Cause that's how you make the money. <laughs> that's how you make the money. Cause you got to work for the man and I, like do those things. Exactly. Yeah. So I, um, after college, I actually worked in the art world for a bit, but ended up working in advertising for a little over a decade in New York City. And I loved it for a really long time. It was really fun for me because it felt like that perfect marriage of my creative side, but also that Capricorn rising. Mm -hmm. Like I was able to kind of really lean into my business acumen and and structure. And um, it was great until I kind of hit a point of of realizing, oh, this isn't working anymore. And yeah, it kind of came. It, it was interesting because I think it coincided with my own spiritual awakening. And I would say I ha- I've had many probably since I was a child, just because of the house that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a healing crisis where I. I had an autoimmune disease and that was really impacting me in a big way. And at first I kind of went down all the routes of, okay, let's go to the Western doctors and let's yeah. let's see what's going on here and let's try the medication. And that wasn't, you know, it, it was working to an extent. And then I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, wait a second. <laughs> I come from this kind of Eastern yeah. medicine, spiritual background. I understand that there's 
energetics connected to this. Mm -hmm. So I shifted my approach. And when I started looking at all the kind of energetic ties and blocks to what was happening in my physical health, um, that's when things started opening up for me. And I realized like, oh crap, okay, I can't work for the man anymore. Yeah. So did you start to notice as you were going through that healing process, which was probably physical work at first. And then of course you start to dig deeper into what's underlying. Did you start to notice that, did you find that you were suppressing the gifts that you now work with Yeah, and taking this other path because you, that was just what had been ingrained in you that you needed to do? Exactly. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because I've always been super intuitive. And I think that in advertising, I can only speak from that perspective, right? But I think in business, there is a certain level or traditional business in quotes, right? There is a certain level of um, intuition that's needed to be successful. And I got to a point in my career where uh, intuitively, I, I kind of would see things happening or coming, but the data wasn't necessarily backing that up. Mm -hmm. So the people that I was reporting into and um, the clients that I was working with, it was really hard to kind of um, sell into them. Hey, look, like, trust me, I know this is the way to go. I just, you know, they were like, well, that's not what the data is. Like, show us the data. Yeah. And I think that that was where things kind of came to a head with me where I was like, I I can't, this is something I need to listen to and I need to be in a space where my intuition is playing the kind of lead role. Yeah. Um, But in my my own personal healing journey, I, you know, worked with a bunch of different healers and coaches and started seeing someone um, for Reiki. And it was within those sessions that, first of all, the first session I had, I was like, okay, I have to learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. This is powerful (laughs) stuff. Um, but I had a session with her where I had this really wild experience of essentially getting this very clear message. Like your purpose in life is to be a healer. This is what you're meant to do. And I think I always knew that I was always the friend that everyone would come to for guidance and support and advice. And that was kind of my nature. Yeah. Um, And then I kind of recognized, oh, this is actually what I need to step into. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it wild how sometimes when things are so natural to us, we can't even kind of see that this could be a path for well, one for our career, because we're not thinking about like, how do I make a career out of what my friends come to me for? Yeah. It's just not something we often think about. But when when we have a gift that's just so natural and the way that we show up, we just don't start to think about how we then employ that into the world in a way where we can fit into a capitalist society with that gift. Yeah. 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 And it, I think it falls into that same kind of that almost archetype or trope of you know, healers can't make money Mm -hmm. working in the spiritual space. You can't make money because I think it is hard for us to kind of make that distinction almost. And we do have this innate desire to just help everyone. So a big thing for me has been 
really understanding energy exchange Mm -hmm. and looking at, you know, money from a different perspective of it's not, you know, it's more about the energy and the energetic exchange. And it's not necessarily about, um, I think in the past I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if you ever struggled with this, but it was so hard for me at first to charge people for my services. Yeah. Um, And then I was like, no, but you know, there's a a giving and receiving. Absolutely. And there's no template of what is the right way to charge for this type of work. Oftentimes, I mean, you know, you go, you go to the doctor's office or you like go to your accountant and it's like, this is what accountants typically charge. (laughs) Yeah. And while sure, there's some, you know, there's some kind of this is this is happening more and more where people are are yeah. using these are are considering these different ways of supporting their personal well-being so there's a little bit more of st- a standardized approach i suppose out there but it's kind of hard to find and yeah. you have to really think about that energy exchange your time your time being just one component of that exchange Mm-hmm. And that can be really tricky to s- start sorting out how to price. And oftentimes the people that are coming to you at the beginning as you're building are people that are friends or friends of friends. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm just spending all this time like working on my friends. Yeah. And like, wait a minute, I got to get paid for this. Yeah. 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 It's tricky. And, you know, going back to that moment or those probably many moments when you were in that corporate career and showing up and really leading from a place of intuition because you knew what a client may need. I mm-hmm. I went through that in such a big way. I was really lucky. I had a I had a a CEO that I worked with for a long time. She and she's a she, which was amazing. And mm-hmm. she was very much a mentor to me. And I remember showing up to a meeting. I was probably 26 or 27. I'd just been been promoted into a director level role. I had like studied all the financials for this meeting. I was like ready to like share my thoughts on like what I saw in the financials. And I did that. And after the meeting, she came to me and she was like, it's really great that you memorized everything in that damn book. That's great. But really why you're in this role is because you can see things that the rest of us, especially the men in the room, can't. Mm. So remember to use that gift. And if she had not shared that with me, I would have shown up my whole corporate career thinking that that needed to be suppressed because it wasn't what was on on paper and it wasn't how the, you know, quote boys in the room mm-hmm. were showing up at all. Yeah. That is so powerful. It was it was a game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah. What a gift. But so many of us don't have that experience. So yeah. we have that moment of like knowing something is right in the business world that we're in or in our job, our day job that we're in. And yet we don't feel that we can really trust we might be able to trust our gut and our intuition, I suppose, or listen to what our heart is saying, but we don't necessarily feel that we can share that yeah. because it's, it isn't in the statistics yeah. or it hasn't been studied and researched yet. So, or there's no proven, there's no proof of concept yet. Yeah. 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 It's such an interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so after that experience, mm-hmm. then you went through this healing journey and began to reconnect with these innate gifts that you've always had. And then what was your next move? So I, you know, I had this really powerful Reiki session and coming out of that, I, it was funny because I was working with a coach at the time who 
I was thinking I was going to go into film production or something. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. Like, she's like, I'm, I think you're meant to work in this space, but you know best. Like, I trust you. And then I had that Reiki session and I walked out of that literally laughing because I was like, yep, this is what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. It was just the fear and limiting beliefs that have, had been holding me back. Mm-hmm. So I was still working in advertising, but I started doing my Reiki training so I could become certified to practice. And through that training and just when I became attuned, it was almost like the floodgates of my intuition really started opening up. Um, And I kind of put together a plan. I gave advertising six more months, maximized as much as I could save. And then I moved to Bali. Um, because I knew that I, I needed to take, you know, I wanted to shift into this work, but I knew that my, my body, my energy, my mind, my spirit needed a bit of a break. Sure. And Um, New York and Bali are about as polar opposite as it comes. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. Um, so went to Bali, took a couple months off, went to the beach every day, slept in, kind of really let myself follow my intuition on a daily basis. There was no plan. I just woke up and kind of did what I felt every day, which Mm -hmm. was really powerful (laughs) for me, I think. Um, Did my yoga teacher training. And then about maybe like three months in, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to start working. Started doing Reiki sessions for people and then word of mouth just quickly spread and I had a bunch of clients and that's where Reiki readings were really born because I I remember the first session I went into, I was like, okay, this is Reiki we're just going to see what happens. And the entire session was just like full on channeling all of these messages and visions and what was supposed to be an hour. I think I was with her for over two hours. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really powerful moment of just like the universe kind of confirming everything that I had suspected and stepping into, I think a new sense of self-worth and self-knowing. Um, and I loved Bali. It was a magical place. It's got really powerful energy. Truly, Yeah. Um, and I would have stayed for longer, but alas, COVID hit. So Mm -hmm. it brought me back to the States. But I think that that was actually a blessing in disguise because it forced me to shift my business virtually and opened up a whole new world of before that I was really only doing in-person sessions and it really opened up so much for me. And now I work with people literally all All over over. the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I suppose if there's one thing that many of us can look at 2020 and see a small gift in is the global connection we were able yeah. to make. If you had an in-person business, I was doing my, the moon circles that I do each month. I was doing those at a little wellness club, 12, 15 people would come each time. It was a lot of fun. You know, it was, it was great to be with people in person. Yeah. And the, the very first one that I did virtually, I think it was like 12 or 15 people came to that one. And now every month we have like 400 people that sign up. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And I'm so fulfilled just by being able to like have these connections and relationships 
even if it's just once a month where I get to like be in ceremony circle yeah. and practice with people all over the world. It's, it's so, it's, it's so incredible. Amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're living out here in California, yep. obviously. Out here in LA. Down the, down the road from yeah. me. Yeah. Down the beach. <laughs> I'm not quite on the beach, obviously. You're down on the yeah, beach. Yeah, yeah. I go over to the beach a lot, but I'm not on the beach. Yeah. So, so now you're here and you're, you're doing lots of cool things in your business. I obviously had a really wonderful opportunity to have one of those virtual readings with you. So if someone's listening and they're like, okay, a couple of questions are like firing off in their mind. Like, how do you do a virtual reading? What does that yeah. even mean? And when you're channeling, like, what are you finding out about me in that experience? <laughs> Take us through what that process is like. Yeah. So I call my sessions Reiki readings because they are part Reiki energy healing, part intuitive psychic reading. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit different than a traditional Reiki session, but it's like essentially a two for one because you're getting a healing and a reading all yeah. in one. Um, and I would say Reiki is almost my medium to channel. I can channel without it. I can connect without it, but it's my preferred medium because I, lo I just love kind of if I see a block or if I see something that's stuck, I want to just naturally get in there and kind of move yeah. things around. So the first part of the session is distance Reiki. And sometimes people are like, how does that work if it's energy? Like, don't you have to be in the same room? But the beautiful thing about energy is that it doesn't really know time or space right. or distance. Yeah, that's just us. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. us. It's just our humanness. Um, so virtually, we connect I play a playlist and I just get into your energy for the first 45 minutes. I'm working on seeing kind of what's blocked, what's weak, what's maybe a little overpowering. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot comes up for me during that. I'm, I'm both working on balancing you energetically, but also channeling and getting a lot of information around what's the root cause of why some things might be off or is there some sort of kind of guidance or information to help shift you onto maybe um, a higher path or give you clarity around something that you've been circling on. And really the goal is just empowerment mm -hmm. and clarity. And then um, the second half of the session, I bring you back and we have a conversation where I walk you through everything I saw and worked on and any questions that come up. And I love that part because a lot of times I'm I'm working on things and I'm having my experience and mm -hmm. then the client's having their own unique experience and often kind of going into a meditative state, feeling different sensations, mm -hmm. receiving messages on their end even. Um, it's pretty cool when we receive some of the same messages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've all got that ability to connect and, and receive those messages. It's kind yeah. of whether or not we're really open to mm -hmm. allowing them. And, and we're so used to receiving information in a, in a very human way. So it's like, if it's not like, you know, coming at you in the ways that you're used to, you may not notice it until you give yourself an opportunity to be in that space. Is that Does that feel kind of right? Yeah, totally. And I think part of what makes the session so powerful is it's almost 
it's like a mirror reflecting back Mm -hmm. some of those things that you've started to pick up on, but because of our ego or, you know, whatever it is, we kind of second guess or we don't pay attention. I had a session with a client yesterday and I was articulating something to her about she's wanting to make a move and she's not sure about timing or place. And there was a lot coming up around that. And she was like, wow, like everything you're saying have been thoughts that have been spinning in my brain. And I just haven't spoken them out loud Mm. or written them down or had the conversation with anyone. Thank you. (laughs) Like, thank you for affirming Mm -hmm. that. Um, So I think that's, you know, sometimes it's new information, but I think sometimes it can be super powerful when it's it's our own intuition just confirmed from yeah. an outside source. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important for someone who's listening and is like, this is so outside of anything I've ever considered or experienced before that something that comes through in regards to a message, a channeled mes- message about whatever whatever is coming up, it do- th- there's no... Well, you tell me if I'm <laughs> if I'm like saying this in a way that feels right for yeah. you. Something that you may channel, it doesn't have to be a set in stone scenario. Yeah. Like yeah. you may get some information that may be proved to be helpful, but it's not like you're going to be delivering information that's like do this or else. No. Yeah, never. And there's always free will and free choice. Right. And for me the way that I approach my sessions is, um, it's really about empowering my clients with, here's what came up. Here's how you can work on this. Here is how you can take this information and almost continue the healing after our time together. Um, here's what you need to lean into. Here are some things that you can do to kind of strengthen this or get extra clear on it. I, try to really avoid getting super prescriptive or specific. I actually, sometimes timing and like a lot of specifics will come up for me, but I try to avoid that because what I've found is sometimes that can actually disempower people because they get so stuck on, well, she told me I'm going to meet my person by this date and why hasn't it happened (laughs) yet? Um, and it's, I think sometimes it's like we're told something and then we stop doing the work that was right. going to get us there. Yeah. So to me, I think of my job as how can I give you tools to actually do the work a little bit faster, a little bit more direct and just empower you to get to where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because time is, timelines at least can be super malleable. So yeah. it's like, okay, you're going to meet this person. I, I remember a girlfriend of mine who actually lives in Bali she was with me in New Orleans. This was like maybe 2018 or so. We were, I took her, we were like doing this little filming project of something that I was kind of working on that maybe we'll see the light of day someday. But mm-hmm. it was, it was, we were having a good time mostly. And I took her, she had never done any sort of readings of any type. So I was taking her all around. We were filming like a variety of readings. And we did one, one night in the French Quarter in front of Jackson Square, which to be very honest, you, there's a lot of different people out there. A lot of it could be like not so, you know, authentic. Just, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm like they kind of lying. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. she, we, we went to this guy. He definitely, I got pretty quickly. I, I knew that he, 
he was he was very much he was very skilled. He was certainly pulling through information. Yeah. And but he also was like giving it as like a this is like rote. Like this is it. Yeah. And he gave her and he he started with like some of these details that you couldn't know unless you just were pulling that information yeah. from somewhere. So it was things like that she had like a leaky brake line in her motorcycle. Like the fact that you would even guess this woman had a motorcycle. She did not look like a lady who drives a motorcycle. <laughs> and she was like, yes, that actually just, you know. So so he like set the, he set it up at the yeah. beginning. And we were like, yeah. oh, yeah. And then it was like, you're going to meet Michael in two years oh, on this God. beach. And so from that moment on, she and I were always texting like, have you met Michael? Yeah. Like, where's Michael? And she's, you know, she's like, she's like aware enough of how this was going that yeah. she was like, if I meet him, I meet him. If I don't, I don't. I'll meet somebody else. But she recently just met someone, and she's like, he has all the qualities that were described of Michael, of Michael. but his name is not Michael. Yeah. <laughs> and there was also like a thing of like he was going to, oh, that they would get married and have twins. And so she's like, she's like on the first date, she asked this guy, like, do you have twins in your family? Yeah. And he was like, no twins. So she's like, his name is not Michael. No, no twins, twins in the family. We'll see what happens next. And. She and I have talked about it since, and I think if you are, you can have some fun in having that sort of experience, as long as you're like aware that the timelines can change significantly. Exactly. And don't get too plugged into it being exactly what the story was. Yeah, because if she's so attached to this idea of like, he has to be Michael, and she meets the love of her life, yeah. and his name is Tom, like, right. Uh, you don't want to walk away from yeah. that. Who's to say he wasn't Michael in the lifetime right before exactly. this one? <laughs> or the next exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I actually that night he was like, "All right, I'm doing you next." I was like, "You're not doing me. I'm like not playing <laughs> with you. you." I was like, "I'm not Boundaries. doing it." Yeah. I was like, "We're not doing it." And then I actually had a reading with another woman like a day later, and she, of course, they all kind of know each other out there mm -hmm. in the French Quarter in front of Jackson Square, and she's like, "She's like, don't mess with that guy." And I've gone back to this woman now several times. Oh, great. And she's great. She was like, "Don't talk to that yeah. guy." She's like, "He's a, he's he he's great." He's, yeah, but but you don't want his you don't want to know what bad, he's got to tell bad you. Bad energy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, mm -mm, "No, yeah, don't mess yeah. with that guy." So it was. Um, so if you're like hearing this and you're you're feeling a little bit like skeptical about well, what what sort of messages could come my way mm -hmm. in these sorts of experiences? When you're working with someone like Holly, it's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> delivered in a way that's supportive and empowering. Yeah. Very and, much so. And we're really focused on kind of what's coming up for you now in this moment. Yeah. You know, and what's coming up in your energy. So it's gonna help you tap into your goals for the future, but it's not like this is what's gonna happen. It's like, yeah. no, this is what's Get happening prepared. now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So you also have a new program that is is pretty brand new. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. yeah. And it's called Find Your Niche, and it's mm -hmm. an intuitive business mentorship. Yep. So you're using some of these tools and then also supporting the people within this program into finding their way in regards to bringing their intuitive gifts into a business plan for themselves personally. Yep. Is, that, is that a good description? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that it was... It's, I think it's the Aquarian in me mm -hmm. that is so sometimes a little bit righteous. I, I get so lit up about the fact that we all have our own unique gifts yeah. and qualities. And um, I think for me, 
part of my, there were a lot of reasons, right, why I resisted stepping into this work or avoided it. But I think a big part of it was this limiting belief around, oh, like, what do I have to offer? Mm -hmm. This, the space of spirituality and healing has become mainstream at this point, which is such a huge gift. And I'm so happy and thrilled about it. But I think that can also be a little bit scary for someone who is wanting to step into it or starting out or has started and hasn't gained traction. And there can be a lot of, you know, comparison or leaning into that worked for that person. Let me see, you know, try and make it work for me. And what I've found time and time again, I think for myself, when I was really able to kind of find my niche and step into it, that's when my business really started opening up and booming. And with my, you know, coaching clients and also my Reiki students, um, my goal is always to really help them tune into what is your unique way in because Mm -hmm. you have such uniqueness. Every, Mm -hmm. you know, there's only every snowflake is different. Every Mm -hmm. human is different. And once we can tap into that and embrace that, that's really when we find our stride and step into our power. So I really wanted to create a program working one-on-one with clients to help them tap into that and then also empower them to give them the tools to then use that to figure out the business plan and Mm -hmm. the marketing and the launch plan and the offerings and all that jazz so that they can step into their niche. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is like your New York meets Bali child child in a program. It's like all that corporate experience that you have and an understanding of marketing and business. And you're bringing the gifts that you have around intuition and being a healer and a support to to people and putting that into one package. It feels so right for you. Yeah. Yeah. It it does. It kind of came, I think it's been, I think the seeds were planted a long time ago sure. and it's been germinating and it kind of came through a few months ago really clearly. And I was like, okay, it's time. We're going to birth this into the yeah. world. And I'm just so excited about it. I've been working with a couple of um, clients in this container so far and the results have just been really powerful. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And with with spirituality and the mystical becoming more mainstream and coaching becoming more mainstream, mm-hmm. it's it can be hard to know how to bring those things together in a way that is authentically you, that isn't a, a carbon copy of what somebody else is already yeah. doing, and that comes across to the community inevitably that you would hope to build with a program like this in a way that is respectable and... Um, gets the results that people want. And that can be really hard because there's so much to sort through yeah. to find someone who's your person. Yeah. And I I think too what I found often, and even in myself, I I really like it's all it's the Aquarian in me. I'm always trying to find like what's my unique way in here. Yeah. But when I see people who are maybe copying what other people are doing. To me, I think the root of that is just self-doubt. Yeah. Right? Totally. And it's 
it's disempowering to them. It's going to be disempowering to your clients. And what I find too is that there's a lot of energetics around that that um, are kind of like per- they perpetuate that that limiting belief you have around, oh, it's so saturated. Oh, I'm not good enough because whether your potential clients are consciously aware of it or not, they can feel that um, this isn't uniquely you. You know, they can feel that the energy here is off because this has been pulled from other people. And I think that there's a lot to um, gain from working with different people and you can get ideas from what other people are doing. But anytime we start to like copy each other, Mm -hmm. that energy is just off and that's going to trickle out into your business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, I think that it's a really, um, interesting and powerful thing when we start to recognize and own our own gifts and lean into that. Yeah. Um, it's a ripple effect. It's, yeah. It's so it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have five questions for you awesome. that we are going to close with and then, We'll make sure we let everybody know where they can find you and where they can get some of the other great things that you have going on. So the first question is, tell us about an object or charm that is special to you. So I have this crystal that is, I I know that there's like a name for it, but I grew up calling it fool's gold. Mm -hmm. And I got it from my grandma's crystal shop growing Mm up. Um, And I recently rediscovered it when I was kind of unpacking some things. And Mm -hmm. I honestly don't even remember like how it got into this little (laughs) jewelry box. But um, it kind of came through in a moment when I was having a little bit of you know, financial abundant doubt. And Mm -hmm. I just felt like, okay, this is my grandma giving me a sign. And I kind of keep it with me. I keep it on my desk. I do a little Reiki on it. And every time I really tap into that energy, um, I think it's just affirming of and a reminder of the energetics behind abundance and financial abundance and manifestation. Um, So it means a lot to me because it's also, it's connected to that, but it also feels like there is something so deep in my lineage that I'm kind of carrying on. And I I think that there's a lot of healing that's happening around me, like stepping into these gifts and owning them in a way that my grandmother and perhaps other women in that lineage had blocks around. Sure. Um, so my little fool's gold. Mm, that's such a good <laughs> Still, one. Yeah. So beautiful. Okay. Next one is, uh, what is a book that changed your life? Mm. <laughs> so many. <laughs> um, okay. So I, th- I think I'd have to say Eastern body, Western mind. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a book that I read during my own kind of spiritual awakening when I was shifting into, okay, the energetics behind my autoimmune disease. And as I was reading it, it was like every page was a huge light bulb moment. And every, there there was at least one sentence on every page that was like, that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just goes so deep into the connection between 
energy, like physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and how all of this manifests in the body and how, you know, childhood upbringing, trauma, um, just everything is connected. And I feel like that really is at the root of my work and what I do as well. So I often call it my Bible. I think I've read it like three or four times already. That's so good. Yeah. yeah you, know, yeah. That's a, you know, that's a good one yeah. when that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. Mm. Well, I'd have to go back to that, that Reiki session that sure. I had and we'll get woo woo. Cause this is your woo. Yeah. That's what we do here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had had a few sessions with this practitioner who was actually also a friend. And in the sessions prior, I had every session, uh, my one of my grandparents or a few of my grandparents had come through to me. And that was pretty powerful for me to connect with them. And that was how I also knew, okay, my, my intuition, my medium mm-hmm. skills are opening up. Um, but in this one particular session, I had done some work to start to connect with some of my spirit guides. And there was one that was really coming through very strongly in meditations. And in this session, the entire session was this one spirit guide and she was circling me. I could feel her hands on, like I could feel like four sets of hands on me. And she was just repeating over and over your purpose in life is to be a healer. You're here to heal people. Your purpose in life is to be a healer. You're here to heal people. And it was like a laughing, crying. I can't believe you're telling me this. What does this mean? How? Um, but it was I really, I think, one of the most powerful, profound experiences wow. of my life. It And it changed everything for me. Yeah. And, and now... Your purpose in life is to be a healer, <laughs> yeah. and you're doing that. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you've listened. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. What is something that you do for your health and wellness? Oh, I create time and space for myself. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> Gosh, don't we need it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, meditate and movement every day. Yep. Um, there are lots of other ways that I try and nurture myself, but I think. I notice the difference if I haven't meditated or moved my body and it trickles out into other areas too. Sure. Like if I'm not doing that, my boundaries are weaker. Um, so yeah, meditation and movement. Yeah. Without a doubt. So yeah. good. So yeah. good. Okay. Tell me about a time you knew magic was real. Mm. So I... I think that the first time I knew magic was real. I think I always grew up kind of believing and wishing and hoping. Um, but my when my grandmother passed, I asked her for a very specific sign. Mm-hmm. And within like two hours, mm. it just appeared. Wow. In front of me. What was the sign? Will you tell us? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, she was obsessed with hummingbirds. Mm. And um, where she lived in upstate New York, there were a lot of hummingbirds around, but only like at a very specific time of year. Mm-hmm. And um, I was living in New York City. I don't 
you know, there aren't really a lot of hummingbirds there. Yeah. And it was also like late February, early March. So not really hummingbird season. Um, And I, she passed and I went to this park where I lived in Brooklyn at the time. And I was just kind of trying to connect with her. And um, yeah, I, I was sitting on this bench and I was like, getting really quiet and kind of emotional. And I opened my eyes and someone, so, you know, some people may argue with this, but I opened my eyes and someone walked past with this huge hummingbird on their, like a sweatshirt with a hummingbird on it. Wow. And so that to me felt like it wasn't a real hummingbird, yeah, but that was gonna the get. best I was going to do in yeah. New York City. Yeah. That's wild. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So, so I was beautiful. like, okay, grandma's here. Yeah, there she Magic is. Magic is real. Right there on the sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. That totally counts. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was going to be concerned for the hummingbird who was I know who was like showing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, Are you going to get I, back out of New York? I'm, I'm starting like, to tell the story and I was like, I'm maybe misleading people on <laughs> what the final outcome is. But yeah. No, it's perfect. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Even better. So yeah. we didn't have a frozen hummingbird No frozen later. hummingbird. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Oh my gosh, Holly, this has been so much fun so to have fun. you here. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so, for having me. Of course, if someone wants to find your work, also, if they want to check out your energy prescriptions, which yeah. tell us about where to find all that good stuff and the other things that you have available. Yeah. So best way would be to go to my website, hollylaurel.co mm-hmm. or my Instagram underscore hollylaurel. And you can check out all of my offerings, all the information about my Reiki readings, my um, regular kind of coaching purpose mentorship, and then my new find your niche mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I also have these courses um, called energy prescriptions that I've launched recently. They're they're four-week courses, self-guided combination of videos from me, journal prompts, reading, um, healings, meditations um, to make a lot of the work that I do in my coaching more accessible. Um, The one that's up right now is an energy prescription for self-love. And this spring, there will be more to come around financial abundance, uh, romantic love, um, connecting with purpose, career. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Yes. My (laughs) pleasure. Completely awesome. (laughs) I'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you so much to Holly for joining me on the show today. Love having brilliant, intuitive, compassionate women here on your woo-woo best friend. And I can't wait to schedule another reading with Holly. Let me tell you, it is really, really, really good stuff. With that, the show is complete. If you've loved this episode, as always, give us a shout on your social media, post about it on Instagram, tag us. We love to see you repost, share the love. If this episode has resonated with you, also drop us a review. It literally takes 10 seconds. If you're listening on Spotify, just tap the star. If you're listening on Apple Pods, drop in, leave us a review. Let us know you listened to this episode specifically. It's always great to hear what episodes were resonating with you. We are your woo-woo BFF on Instagram, and I'm Andy at wee-wee-girl, O-U-I-W-E-G-I-R-L. Until next week, thank you for joining us. See you again super soon.